0: Hey there, this is Laura. I wanted to pop in to give you an update. This episode was recorded prior to our rebranding. What was once the Read It With Whiskey podcast is now work in progress, the Laura J. Live podcast. This episode reflects that traditional Read It With Whiskey format and may have information and content that has since expired or changed. Please visit laurajlive.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Are you an author who has always dreamed of turning their book into an audiobook? Quixotic Bell Media is the audiobook podcast production company for you. They specialize in helping authors turn their books into an episodic audiobook podcast, releasing one to three chapters of their book each week. The episodic format will pull in new readers, help you grow your author brand and business, and QBM even offers help with audiobook launch strategies and monetizing your podcast. With Quixotic Bell Media, you record the audio and let them do the rest you can finally start your podcast and audiobook without raising a finger to the logistics or time-intensive tasks. This means you'll be able to get back to what's important in your author business, your writing. So if you're interested in working with QBM, visit www.quixoticbellmedia.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Read It With Whiskey, the place to be if you are a sci-fi or fantasy reader. My name is Laura and I'm your host. I'm a reader, writer, and whiskey drinker here to share with you the person behind the page, the author. Today, our featured author is Caitlin Denman and she is the author of She Awakens. This was her debut novel and we're going to dive in about what it has become since this book was a debut. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Caitlin. Caitlin lives and grew up in Southern California with her family and her three horses, three dogs, and a cat. She graduated from Cal Poly Pomona with a bachelor's in agribusiness. Besides riding, she loves training and competing on horses. She has competed in barrel racing, breakaway roping, team roping, and mounted shooting. She has owned and ridden horses since she was 12 years old so much fun and you can tell because her story has horses in it, you guys not only horses but talking horses we're going to talk about it in the interview but first let me tell you what her book she awakens is all about atina finds herself in an unlikely predicament when it's uncovered the normal human existence she thought she lived is turned upside down finding out she's half fae not only confounds her but in a time where the brutal fae run the world she is suddenly tasked with bringing the fae and humans together. With the help of her trusty and somewhat snarky steed, Raven, Atina sets out on a mission to save the human race from extinction. As she continues on her mission, she discovers powers beyond her wildest dreams. In a world where it's tricky to discern who's good and where the evil really lies, Atina finds herself in one predicament after another, not knowing who to trust except for Raven. As her journey unfolds, her strength and will are tested. Will she ever be strong enough to bridge the gap between these two worlds? This is such a fun read and such a fun interview. Let's dive in with Caitlin. Hello, Caitlin, and welcome to Read It With Whiskey. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am really excited to talk to you about your book, She Awakens. This is book one in a series, and we'll dive into all the details there about how many books, when the last one just released, hint, hint. It was very, very recently. Uh, But before we dive into the books, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and
1: how you got into writing. Let me see. I'm from Southern California, born and raised, lived in Northern California for a little bit, loved it up there, loved all the mountains. I was always a really big reader in my family. We were really um, pushed into reading kind of like anytime I wanted a book, no questions asked. You can have it, you read it. I'll get you the next one. So I was a very big reader for a very long time. And I think that I just kind of got to the point where I wanted to write my own story without even really knowing what went into that. I kind of just jumped all in and then that's how I started. And She Awakens was really my first complete story. Where do I go from here? Like, how do I get this published? So how did you decide that you wanted to do self-publishing then versus going (laughs) a traditional route? So I decided to do self-publishing because I could not deal with the rejection. Like, I just know me. And (laughs) if you're trying to get traditionally published, you're going to get, like, letters that are like, nope, we're not going to do this. I I couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle the people telling me, nope, not good enough. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <So> <laughs> exactly. I just, just do it myself,
0: <laughs> and then you realized, oh wow, it might have been a little bit more difficult than I thought. I think all of us kind of run into that. So, how has that journey been? Trying to to learn the self publishing, and and how long have you been writing now? So, this book came out when, Uh twenty twenty one. Okay, so very recently then.
1: Yeah, April twenty twenty one, and then the second one came out in um December, twenty twenty one. The third one came out. June or July of 2022, and then the fourth one just came out. Just came out in January.
0: Yeah, definitely exciting. So it's been a very quick turnaround for you, and I'm excited to see see where this goes. So tell our listeners a little bit about what She Awakens is actually about.
1: So it's a coming-of-age story. Um, the main character, her name is Atina, and it's her struggles kind of learn relearning her world. Like she thinks her world is a certain way and she finds out that that's not really how things are. Mm -hmm. She kind of had a sheltered upbringing compared to what everything that she finds out. And it's a story about how she goes from, well, we go with her while she goes to rock bottom (laughs) and then um, her kind of bringing herself out of that. I wanted to tell a story about a girl who could overcome all these challenges
0: so where did that inspiration come from? What motivated you to write this book? Apart from just saying, hey, I want to write a book. Like, where did that storyline come from?
1: So that storyline kind of came from, like, real life. I feel like a lot of my writing is comes from real stuff, just exaggerated and fantasy. So even the characters are based off of real people. Like, Atina's kind of based off of me. There's a James character. And... He's an amalgamation of all of my exes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another character who's heavily influenced by someone else in my life. So my, my story has talking horses in it, the main talking horse. I um, based her off of my first horse that I ever had. It's a lot of my life. Atina has, she has trauma that she deals with. And um, I feel like a lot of writing out her trauma helped me with my own trauma. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: definitely. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people write is to get it out onto the page, even if they don't publish the books. I know a lot of Mm -hmm. authors who have books from back in the day, and it was how they got through a lot of that trauma and things building up in their own life. And so you mentioned it was, it's kind of a exaggeration on true life circumstances. So how about that world building then? Because the prologue of this book is all about the Day of Destruction. So tell us a little bit about what the Day of Destruction is and maybe how the world building stems from that or what came
1: of it. Okay, so the Day of Destruction is the fae in this world lived in this mountain and then there was basically a railroad builder and mm-hmm. he wanted to get from one part of the country to the next. And he decided to blow up this mountain, not knowing what was inside of it. And then all of these Fae come pouring out. And then that's the start of the Fey trying to basically destroy the humans.
0: And I mean, they're basically succeeding. Like the humans are in hiding oh, at, yeah. at this point when Atina comes in. And so building a world like that. I mean, in this book, we don't see too much of the Fae world because it's a series. There's four books. So right. in that building process, did you already have the entire Fae world and structure created when you wrote this book or did it kind of expand as you wrote?
1: <laughs> so I'm, I'm a terrible pantser. Um, I... <laughs> terrible like I have a general outline of what I'm gonna do and then I just dive in and start writing I've tried to outline and I get so anxious and like I have to stick to the outline that it affects the story Mm -hmm. so I just I just go with what works (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I mean, I had like sanctuary um already in my mind. I didn't know really where it was going to be or how many people were going to inhabit it, stuff like that.
0: Mhm. Okay. And then built on it. I'm I'm a pantser too, so I completely understand.
1: Yes. And then like um I got done writing, I think it was the fourth one, and I was like that character needs to die. In edit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kill I off the like, character. <laughs> He made it through the whole first draft.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm I'm intrigued now. I've got to get my hands on all the books. So in this story, there are humans and Fae, like we just mentioned, but they don't really interact until the humans uproot the Fae world. But then we find out, and it's on the back of the book, so it's not a spoiler, but we find out that Atina, the main character, is actually half Fae. And mm-hmm. she doesn't know this in the start of the story. And obviously, she's, she's going to find out and she's going to have to do
1: something about it. She's very traumatized by it. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say because the humans, they are like the Fae are evil. They are our enemy. Then she finds out she's half Fae and she has to navigate that. So what was that like kind of shifting her view of her world now that she's found out she's half Fae? What was that process like in writing?
1: So in writing, I think I just kind of thought like, okay, if I hated someone or something and decided and found out that it was part of who I was, how would I feel? I feel like I did that a lot with Atina. It's probably Mm -hmm. why she comes out a lot like me. And I kind of struggle with that because I'm writing another series and I'm like, okay, well, I don't want this character to be exactly (laughs) like my last character. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I just figured how angry I would be and how, I feel I like the, the steps of grieving, you know, mm-hmm. so I'd be angry and then upset and then no, this isn't real kind of thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so, okay, so there's humans, there's Fae, but then there are also these things called soulless. Can you tell us what those are? Those are basically zombies.
1: <laughs> You're putting everything into the yeah, because, <laughs> you know, fantasy I really did. I threw everything in uh, and there were some points in editing where I'm like, oh, no, I didn't mention this for a while. I need to go back. <laughs> so um, they're actually created through blood magic. They are controlled. They can be controlled. They're not controlled currently, but they can be controlled by one certain person. Ooh. So basically, it's just like zombies. You get bit by one, you turn into okay. one. Okay.
0: So there's there's that dark magic. What other kind of magic plays
1: a role within the story? Can you tell us a little bit without like giving any spoilers? Mm, the first book, because she's just coming into her awakening. Mm. And I feel like she doesn't even know what her magic is right now. I can tell you that some people can read minds. Some people have like elemental magic. Some people can like move objects. Mm. You see that in the beginning of the first, first book where she's starting to unconsciously move things I really liked those scenes when she was like
0: yeah when she was waking up and she's like what's going on
1: yeah did you okay good yeah I went back and edited those so many times because I was like this doesn't make sense
0: (laughs) but then I'm sure through the series you're going to learn a little bit more and expand and she's going to learn a little bit more which is even more exciting because she'll learn about who she is and and all of the stuff that's going to happen which we won't go into those spoilers
1: She finds out that she's not the only half-fae, which I think helps her a lot on her journey. Ooh,
0: I like it. Okay. Well,
1: (laughs) I'm getting excited
0: for the next book, but let's talk a little bit more about these characters. So we have our main character, Atina. A lot of people are like, oh, the main character is always my favorite character, even as a reader or a writer. But do you have a favorite character that's outside of her? Okay.
1: (laughs) I have two favorite characters. Raven is my first favorite Mm -hmm. character, Her, her talking horse, because... I mean, I based her off of my first horse, and like, there's no, there's just a special spot in your heart for your mm-hmm. first horse, if you're a writer. Then my favorite character to write was Alistair, who you meet at the mm-hmm. end of this book. And so I didn't get a lot of Alistair time in this book, but I feel like I was able to play with him a lot more than I could Atina. I wanted Atina to be a certain way, and with him, I could kind of explore darker kind of aspects Mm -hmm. in some of it while still making him likable
0: yeah for sure i and i agree i liked him and i i like to see i would like to see or i'm going to enjoy seeing him being expanded upon because in the first book like you said he's introduced more towards the end and I I always like seeing book ones and who the points of view characters are, because obviously we have our main character, but then as you go, you, you learn a few different other point of view. So how many points of view, because in book one, I think there's maybe three. How many points of view do we
1: end up with by the time book four comes out? I did have four, but I ended up pulling that from the fourth book. So yeah, I have three points of view. There's Atina, there's James. And then even in book one, I think there's a couple Alistair chapters, Yes. Yeah. It always surprises me who people like after reading the first book, because I have like Mm -hmm. half of the people like James the first time around Mm -hmm. and then half of the people like Alistair the first time around. So, I mean, we might be getting into
0: spoiler territory, but is a love triangle kind of happening? Because, I mean, you said James is based off of your ex-boyfriend, so I'm assuming not. (laughs)
1: I don't think so. Like, knowing who he was based off of in my head, I kind of, I feel like she kind of had a block with him, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, they were childhood friends. I don't think I'm giving away anything. They were childhood friends, and she never really thought of him as anything different. Mm -hmm. I mean, they might have gone farther than childhood friends probably should, but (laughs) I I don't think that that was ever an option for her I think maybe if she had stayed in the human world and like this adventure had never happened I think she probably would have ended up with him just because there's only so many humans and he was comfortable
0: yeah exactly yeah definitely conflicting thoughts as the story goes and then you can see a little bit of James thought process too and it's yeah definitely the vibes of like ex-boyfriend material (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, it starts <laughs> off great. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, first few chapters I'm like, "Oh, I like this guy." And then I'm like, mm, "Maybe not." Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you
0: mentioned that your the main horse character Raven is based off of your first horse and she was actually one of my favorite characters because she's like that sassy sidekick who's going to be along for the ride and and give a little witty banter yeah. throughout. And so I, I mean, when I have two bunnies and I know I talk for them and like, they're like, mom, what are you doing? We're angry at you when they want dinner and that kind of stuff. So in your real life, did you talk to your own horse and you just kind of put that character into the book?
1: Yeah, I do all the time. Like, um, I actually, I rode one of my mom's horses yesterday, so I'm riding him, I'm talking him through everything. Like he doesn't know what I'm saying, but I'm like, okay, so we're going to do this. Okay. We're going to do that. I mean, I talk to them all the time.
0: Oh, I bet that was fun. Personifying a horse within a book. So cool. Did you always know that you were going to have horses within your stories?
1: Yeah. So, um, actually all my stories so far have talking animals in them. That's just my thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know. I mean, growing up, I was always had animals. I've had so many animals, like different animals, guinea pigs, you know, uh, we had a snake, so we, um, raised like mice and rats and rabbits for it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> we didn't have money to go get that all the time. So. <laughs> um, and I've had dogs, cats, horses, and I feel like I've always talked to them and it's mm-hmm. always been something where like, I wish they could talk back.
0: Yeah. Like growing up reading the line, the witch in the wardrobe, it was like those yeah. kind of talking animals. Oh, that, mm, I, maybe I have
1: to write a book with some talking animals. We'll see. <laughs> it's nice. I mean, it's kind of like, getting that feeling kind of while you're writing it. Yeah, a little bit of nostalgia, childhood. What do they call, yeah, imaginary exactly. friends? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. All right. So, this is a four-part series and it is completed now, which is so exciting. The fourth book just released on January 31st, 2023. And so this is a complete series and there's a lot of binge readers out there who are going to be like, "Now that it's done, I'm going to I'm going to jump into it." So, this is really perfect timing to have you on the show. So, who should pick up this book what type of reader should go and seek it out
1: so this is always a hard question for Mm -hmm. me because i feel like so the first two are firmly like young adult fantasy the last two are na fantasy so new adult there's a lot more spicier scenes there's a lot more um i think blood and gore Mm. but i mean i want to say like older teenage but I think everybody has different reading levels, different things they're okay with reading. But I just had somebody that was in their 50s and was like, I love this. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's kind of for everybody. Obviously not children. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've
0: got zombies going on here and... (laughs) Yeah, maybe exactly. the, the talking horse part, yes,
1: but but not so yeah. much the rest of it. I mean, my niece reads this and she's 6. I mean, obviously her parents kind of jump over some things. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what kind of emotions will readers go through while they're reading this? Will they laugh? Will they cry? Smile? Get uncomfortable? Be challenged? What should they expect?
1: I kind of hope that they get uncomfortable and get challenged, but I know they're going to laugh and cry. Um, I would say that it's kind of like an action rom-com kind of fantasy. Mm -hmm. I know some of the trauma parts are going to be challenging for people because it was very challenging for me. It's still challenging for me to go back and read those because I was like, I feel that. I feel that so hard. (laughs) For sure. And I think readers
0: like to dive into books that bring up some of those feelings because it can be therapeutic. That's why a lot of writers write about it because it can be therapeutic. So sometimes to read about it can do that same thing for you. And I agree. There's going to be some, some laughing moments, some uncomfortable.
1: Especially with Raven. She's hilarious. Yeah.
0: I love her. the wittiness. It's amazing. All right. So we all start out as readers before we start writing books. So I want to talk a little bit more about your reading habits. So what is your favorite genre to
1: read? So um, when I first started writing this, um, when I first started writing, She Awakens, it was young adult fantasy. Now it's new adult fantasy. Mm -hmm. And so obviously my books grew. Um, I also really like fairy tale retellings.
0: Oh yeah, fairy tale retellings are definitely fun. So, what was the the most recent book you read that you would give a five star to?
1: City of Thorns, so good. Ooh,
0: all right, very
1: good. And uh, do you know how many books you read last year, twenty twenty two? I read about thirty five, but I usually read about eighty five a year. Last year, I was writing She Reigns, the mm-hmm. the last book, and it was it was hefty. It's a five hundred thirty six pages, I think. And so it's two parts. So that was a lot more than I've ever written. I usually write around 85,000 words for a book. This one was 123 or 24,000 words. So yeah, there was a lot more writing last year than there was reading.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, okay, so let's talk about that, about the book that you just put out. You said it's going to be Double almost, well, not quite double the size, but 150% of the size of your normal books in the series. So, what was that like trying to clump it all together and wrap up the series? Because
1: I know it was tough for me. So, what was your experience with that? I really wanted She Reigns to be two books. I'm so since I'm a pantser, I (laughs) (laughs) kind of don't know how long a series is going to be when I start out. And so, She Reigns is two parts, two huge parts. And as an indie author, you only have so much money. You work with so many people. I only had one cover that I could use left. My cover artist decided that she was going to write full time. And, like, I'm so happy for her. But I was like, I need another cover. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it was so hard. Writing it, I feel like, wasn't that hard. Mm -hmm figuring out how i wanted to end it and how i wanted everything to wrap up because i wanted it to have a happily ever after i wanted everyone to be happy mm-hmm. and i feel like i did that with every main character because as the series goes you get more main sub characters mm-hmm. cuz atina and one other car- character are definitely the main characters mm-hmm. so i was really happy that i could actually you know tie it up with pretty bow it, it was so hard i feel like edits in something that big is, it? it's so daunting, so daunting to even just pick it back up. And then when I write the smaller books, I feel like it's easier for me to remember things mm-hmm. from the beginning of the book versus the end of the book. And this book, by the time I got to the end, I had completely forgotten the beginning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like what happened again?
0: So I bet it's, it's a little bit of a relief that now this series is done and you can move on, but maybe a little bit bittersweet. How does it feel to have it completed?
1: I miss my characters mm. and I never thought I was going to I'd be like, Oh yeah, it's done. I miss my characters. I find myself when I'm writing my new book, putting in Alistair's name a lot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. And I'm like, Wait, that's, that's, that's wrong book. Wrong book. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, it's definitely a good feeling finishing it up. And now readers can go out and get the entire series, binge read them, because this is a binge society nowadays with books. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, but you're working on another project. So let's dive in a little bit about that. You don't have to give us all the details, but what's like an overarching theme or a little bit about the story that you want to share?
1: So I actually have two stories Ooh. that are coming out this year. So my first story is an anthology with um, six other authors. It's a fairy tales retelling. And um, what we did was we matched two fairy tales and matched them, meshed them into one. Ooh, fun. So I got Hansel and Gretel and the Frog Prince. Oh, interesting. It's a darker version of both of those stories. Gretel and Hansel are twins. And um, they're like the heirs to their kingdom. And then my other project, um, I'm, it's called Blood Queen. So we talked about like, what inspires you. So I'm a history buff, and the main character is um, based off of Elizabeth Bathory. She was the first female serial killer. She used Mm -hmm. to bathe in her victim's blood. She thought that it would keep her younger. So I wanted that character, but good. Interesting.
0: Oh, I'm (laughs) intrigued. And is this a standalone, or is this another series?
1: Um, I'm thinking it's going to be a duology, but with She Awakens, I thought it was going to be a duology, so... (laughs) <laughs> you never know what those characters are going to do as panthers, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's another. It's not really a coming of age. She's an not older, but she's older than Atina was. Mm-hmm. And her parents were murdered. She's the heir to her throne, and it's kind of her journey of finding out that the people that she trusts most, if she should continue trusting those people, and who they really are. Like, do you really know somebody? Or can people hide things from you? Ooh, interesting.
0: Well, we have the anthology. It's already out in the world as this episode is live. So you can go and find the anthology right now. Do you have a
1: date for release for this new book? I'm thinking November. I'm in edits already.
0: Okay, perfect. Um,
1: I finished it actually before She Rains came out. so. um yeah. And I really like, I think it's a lot darker than um my first series. I mean, I, actually, I know it's a, lot darker than <laughs> my first, it's a lot more spicy than my first series. I feel like she's just as confused though, as a Tina was because her parents' death really affected her probably mm. more than she even wants to realize. And she didn't really want to pick up the throne. Like she didn't want to sit on the throne really so she kind of handed the reins over to someone and it's kind of her figuring out how everything really works
0: i like it oh that's gonna be good i'm excited to see how that goes and and i'll definitely be along for the journey but this is read it with whiskey and we have to talk a little bit about whiskey so caitlin
1: what is your favorite whiskey to drink Okay, I love Pendleton whiskey. Oh, yeah. Uh, Have you even heard of Pendleton whiskey? Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like there's so many people out there that haven't heard of it. Um, Actually, I went to college with um, someone who is in their ads.
0: Oh, interesting. (laughs) So you have like a personal connection to this whiskey. I love
1: it. Oh, I love it. And it tastes so good. Like, it's so good. And it's not expensive. <laughs> and I, I like the not expensive part.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, especially if you like it, and you want to drink it often. It can't be like a $100 bottle of whiskey. It's got to be reasonable.
1: <laughs> exactly. And everybody's like, just get Jack Daniels. And I'm like, no one that drinks whiskey drinks Jack Daniels.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a blast getting to know you and your books. So where can people find you and your books and follow along with your journey?
1: You can find me everywhere. So I'm wide. Um, You can find them on Amazon. You can find them on Barnes and Noble, Apple, Google, Kobo. You can find them everywhere. Love it. And how about your social media? Where can people follow along there? TikTok. Caitlin Denman Books is what you just look up. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. I'm on everything.
0: Awesome. Well, I will make sure to have all of those links in the episode description for people to find you and follow along. But thank you so much for being on the show. This has been so much fun.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been great.
0: I love a talking horse. I love me some zombies. And I think the the mashup of all of the different things within this book was just such a treat. I had so much fun talking with Caitlin. And of course, this is not the only book in the series. We have She Awakens, book two is She Rises, book three is She Conquers, and book four is She Reigns. And She Reigns just came out at the end of January So definitely take a look at this incredible series. It is complete. You can binge read, which is the best type of reading. And definitely stay tuned for more from Caitlin in the future. Again, all links are in the description. And next week on Read It With Whiskey, we have Chloe Hodge. And we're going to talk about her book, The Cursed and the Broken. If you haven't heard about Chloe yet, where have you been? You've, you better go on Instagram because she's all over on that thing right now. Her second book in the series just released, but we're going to talk about the first book, and you do not want to miss this episode. I'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to an episode of Read It With Whiskey. I'm your host, Laura Gentinen, and I want to personally say thank you so much for listening. Your support of the podcast means so much to me, and I would love to get to know you. Hop on over to Instagram and follow us at Read It With Whiskey please chime in on this episode's post, share it on your social media and with your friends and come back next time to hear more from self-published authors. I'll talk to you soon.